friends, welcome back to the Film Alchemist podcast, the show where we look at movies we love, break them apart to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always by my nerdy, wealthy, computer hacking high school buddy and co-host, Alex Dantino. <laughs> That's right. Guys. <laughs> thank you for tuning in if you love the show i hope that you've taken a moment on uh whatever podcast directory you find us uh to leave us a rating and review it does help us a lot along with sharing the show with your friends we do appreciate it we're seeing a bump in the numbers so we know you guys are sharing the love we do appreciate it also we will now be found on youtube so if our sexy voices aren't enough and you need some eh faces we got those you can tune in uh, our YouTube channel, The Chubby Mansion, home of The Film Alchemist and The Longbox Sessions podcast, respectively. Please subscribe and, again, share on your social media so more people can see our eh faces. It's the life we always dreamed of. We want to tell our parents, see, you said we never amount to nothing. Look at us now, and they'll go, eh, eh. <laughs> but enough business. Uh, this month, the pod joins the Brat Pack. Last month, we did less than zero. Rough. I'm glad to get out of that uh, rich white kid scenario and into this one. <laughs> Much better. At least this one's in the Midwest. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, so this week, uh, the we are joining our friends in the film Weird Science. Um, hilarious movie. I love this Weird movie. Science. It's gotten... I don't know that I would say it's aged exceptionally well, but not as bad as I had thought. Uh, there is kind of the baseline, um, you made a sex slave, that I think is less palatable today than maybe other times. But um, yes. it's still, it still has a lot of great qualities, this movie. Yes. Um, and wildly entertaining throughout. Alex, when's the last time you had seen Weird Science? What's your Weird Science experiment? Uh, what do you love about this movie? Weird Science is a movie I saw, I think, before I saw like any of the other Brat Pack movies, actually. Yeah, same. Um, Weird Science came, it's probably like, I don't know, eight or ten, like somewhere in there. And I was like, whoa, cool. You can make girls that like you. That's interesting. And then you're like, boobs. And then, when yeah, they're and feeding in the Playboy montage. I mean, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, like, but also this movie, um, this movie has the, the visceral reaction I had when I was a kid to uh, Bill Paxton being turned into a mutant. I've never felt more nauseous watching something when I was a kid. <laughs> like, cause it's just like truly grotesque creature work. But also mm. like, I was like, does that have like when you're a kid, like you see things in movies and you're like, man, that's fucked up. But I was like, does that happen to people if they're dicks? Like, that's terrible. Like, that, like I was so filled with joy. Every time I get to do Chet, he's oh, yeah. one of my favorite movie characters. It is unbelievable how i love him every time more and more i watch this movie as i've gotten older chet has become more and more entertaining like when i saw him originally I'm like wow what a dick but now it's like i mean it comes from that like sort of older brother place but also like the extreme version of like he's a huge piece of shit but yeah with, and yeah. in this movie we catch chet before his inevitable like hey i go to rallies and red hats phase yeah, for right? sure. Like, I'm glad we caught Chet. Like, the ending of Chet isn't going to be bad. Like, 
the stink of the monster is not going to keep him on the straight and narrow for like we all know how it ends for Chet. Yeah. But I'm glad we have this little time capsule into like his kind of innocent bullying. Like well, not bad enough that it's hard to partake in. It's pretty fascinating <laughs> to me. Like the more we've watched these John Hughes movies, the more I've kind of gotten into the understanding that almost all these characters, when you think about like, where did they all go? All of them wound up being like hardcore Trump Republicans, you know, like not like Meh, maybe not like not like, you know, MAGA hat, like going to rallies and shit like that, but definitely voting Republican in the in the elections like. All of them, none of them had any issues before. None of them have had any issues since. So they're like out in public, like very yeah. pro liberal. No, they're, they're rich white people. They're probably Republicans. But as Trump, we know Trump doesn't believe in science, even weird science. So enough politics. In- <laughs> oh, no way. I bet this is very, very, very <laughs> much. <laughs> Trump's White House, he's like, uh, where's my division that makes the big tittied women? <laughs> Best off. I have to know. Wait, did I just do a Kennedy? Yeah, that I was think Kennedy. I just did Kennedy. <laughs> Guys. I, I have a feeling he maybe walked into like CIA or someone who's like, guys, where's the machine that makes Lisa from weird science? Show me. He's that just machine. like, yeah, I'll show Melania. He's trying to like upgrade her boobs. Like I have all the codes. <laughs> no. All right. Enough <laughs> so of that. Enough politicking. Uh, yeah. I No, there. There's a lot of stuff that gets unusual as this movie goes on. What I noticed this time is I don't think I had appreciated the game that Lisa was playing until now. Because they kind of play it off as like, oh, she's actually trying to help these kids. Right. I think she's pulling kind of like a a genie from Aladdin. This is all a way to get her free. Yeah. At the expense of two young teenage girls that have been totally gaslighted. For sure. Also, I was like, Lisa's such a bad guardian. She probably got hired at Hogwarts as soon as this movie ended. Her child endangerment level is so high. Yeah, there's no way that there's no way that Lisa didn't wind up being defense against the dark arts teacher after this. Like <laughs> it's she's like Baltimore, tell me more. Tell me more. I am interested for sure. No, uh yeah. But anyway, I I Okay, let's just dive in. So the movie starts with a classic high school scene. Everyone can relate, right? The two uh kind of outcast losery guys watching uh the gymnast team from afar opining about this fantasy world where they are the studs that uh everyone needs and then they get pantsed in front of the class as it goes as you I, this do this is the thing john hughes is so good at capturing like the high school moment and experience right and it's just such an instantly relatable great way to kind of put you where these guys are <laughs> i felt really bad for them but I- uh Go ahead. But I mean, like, that's like, I never, never, I'll say this. I was never pantsed, but I feel like everyone has had the equivalence of that. In- oh, I was on the wrestling team. Like being pantsed in school was like a thing all the time. It never happened. Like the couple of times that I saw it happen, it was definitely like with other, spo- like other sports, like football players and that kind of thing doing to each other. I saw a girl pants herself one time in gym class. That was pretty entertaining. Pants but, herself, like on purpose? No, she was running the mile and she stepped on her tearaway pants and it came off. <laughs> <laughs> I think if tearaway is in the name, you have to plan ahead. Yeah, you should not be wearing those with just a thong on underneath, guys. Sorry, ladies, just so you know, uh, bad idea. No, but that's what I, like the high school moment. Like we've all had those trauma. Like I was definitely pants before. Right. Mine was bad because it was boxers too. Oh, so shit. like I got it bad. Like we've all had moments, right? Like right. things. Everyone, have this kind of moment has happened to everybody. 
the weird part that I had forgotten is how wildly unlikable I found uh, Wyatt and uh, what's the other kid's name? Wyatt Gary. And- Gary. Gary. I found them wildly unlikable. They're kind of sitting there like, oh, yeah, we're going to sex these girls. Ugh. They get pants like, oh, that's sad. They cut to immediately. Uh, Gary is just fucking up the bathroom. Yeah. Or Wyatt, whichever one. Michael C. Hall is just shaving, though he doesn't need to, and making a huge mess. Cut to his friend Gary. He's like, come on, don't make a mess in there. The maid doesn't come till Monday. And I was like, wow, I totally overlooked this when I was a kid. I was more yeah. focused as a young nerd on, like, look at these fellow downtrodden uh, travelers. No, no let's, like, these little pieces of shit. <laughs> let's be totally honest what we were all focused on when we were kids. Bubes. That's what we were waiting for. Yes. We knew it was coming, uh, so you weren't paying attention to the white slavery that was occurring within the film. Yeah, no, I love this premise of this movie, right? Which is like, let's just redo like a, a funny Frankenstein. It's yeah. also the kind of movie when I watched, although they were watching a colorized version of the original Frankenstein, which I was not a fan of. Gross. Wait, but, but wasn't the Bride of Frankenstein? Wasn't that Bride wasn't Frankenstein? Bride. That was straight up. That was the oh, first really? Frankenstein. I'm pretty sure. They were both rem- black and white, and there was some colorization going on. Turner was like pushing was, that charge. He's like, it was I don't want to show black and white movies. It was <laughs> it was definitely colorized, but I remember him saying she's alive. I guess that could have just been a dub. But either way. Well, yes. I think they took that later because the head of the body was Frankenstein's monster male. Right, right. Right? So then they probably added the up. Anywho. Got it. So, I love the premise. It's a really high concept, funny premise for a high school yeah. Brat Pack movie compared to the others. And I just think it's funny, man. And it's one of those now you're like, I can't believe someone's been like, wait a second, 3D printing. Let's remake weird science or like Oculus Riff or whatever. Like 3D, like, we got to remake these. Well, it's interesting as I was thinking about that and I was reading up like they've been trying to remake this since I think 2012, maybe two. It just seems so logical. Like 2012, 2013, they've been trying to remake this, and like now it's like dead in the water. But you also think about it, and you're like, you realize remaking this movie would be in this political climate like a nightmare. Like, imagine having yeah. to justify in this like political climate and this time, oh, these nerds created a sex doll that can come to life <laughs> and hang out with them and teach them about girls. Like, no. Sure. Terrible. Well, it's like watching Lars and the Real Girl if, like, he was actually pounding it and she had emotions. <laughs> right, like, yes, mm, exactly. This is now a much creepier This film is now very uncomfortable. Than what I remember. <laughs> like, if Joaquin Phoenix is just, like, rubbing his boner on the phone the whole movie, you're like, ooh, I don't like her anymore. See, yeah, no, that's the uh, thing. Weird science. It's, it's a hard sell. Yeah. And they, they have that line in the movie, like, five times where she's like, you created me. I'll do whatever you want. Right. And, of course, like, one of the first things, they take her in the shower of but course. they try to make it a little more innocent, right? We're like, oh, they still wear their jeans and undies. But you're like, also weird. Yeah. Like, still weird. But I, I think that's the thing, right? That's the hurdle you have to get over when watching Weird Science is you have to get past the, oh, man, this is uh, kind of creep. Like, this is kind of creep. If you can get past that, <laughs> it's a funny setup, right? It is kind of this uh, – it's a genie movie. Yeah. You know, it's Look, how do how does she train and grant their wishes to where they can become these versions of themselves that they thought they wanted to be. The premise itself is very sound. Like the idea itself is high concept entertainment, which is literally like these two nerds don't know anything about girls. So they create their idea of the perfect woman. And in the process, learn some about themselves, blah, 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 blah. The thing that I found most entertaining, particularly about the opening of this movie, is the uh, computer setup that Gary has in his house. 
Because like, mm-hmm. and this is something also like this comes up in Ferris Bueller with when it comes to John Hughes movies is like kids and computers. He knew something we didn't because he knew that like these com- like computers are going to change the way kids operated. Because this is honestly this is basically just like kids surfing the internet for porn. Like weird science in 2019 yeah. is literally just kids going <laughs> click click. Wait, why am I doing this on the on my on my desktop? I'll just get on my phone. Swipe, swipe, swipe. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> but Gary's computer setup is so entertaining, mainly because when they're trying to like build their perfect woman and they're doing everything, past like the boobs bit, when they hack into the government computer to give her like a brain. Right. <laughs> and all, I know where you're going with this. And all it you is thought is, that uh instead of Lisa, we were gonna get Job from the lawnmower man. <laughs> I thought He's we were gonna be like, I have returned. Exactly. I thought we were gonna get lawnmower man. I thought we were gonna get like, like this is like heavily, like this heavily taken from war games. But I loved the guy. Right. Like, so the lights turn on in the government warehouse where the guy's monitoring the computers. Like, oh my god! And all he has to do is type in "access denied," and then Gary like hits a button or one keystroke, and you hear the bowling pin sound, and it knocks away access denied, <laughs> and he like. Gets to intercept God knows what, which is in this government silo. I, it's one of those things like, I absolutely love movies. Like, it's one of those great things in movies where about like how computer hacking works. Like, anyone, especially back then. Yeah, like back then, no one knew anything about computers. So, like, computer hacking seems so much more exciting. Now it's like really boring. (laughs) You can do that. Like the yeah. more like the deeper we've gotten into this technology that we have, like you and I are doing this by via Skype, you know. Like I have, I have my mm. I have my desktop I'm looking at right now. But the deeper we get into like technology and how it's wor- how it works now, the more you realize hacking is like the most boring, stupid, like sad thing to watch. It's just somebody at their computer just like it's not even that. It's literally like. Click, you, click. But they found a way to make it look fun. But they find a way to make it look so entertaining. Like I was watching, I'm like, computers were awesome. Wait a second, that's not how computers work. Like it was great. Yeah, you're like computers suck now. No, yeah. the thing that I loved about this scene, the bra on the heads has obviously become iconic. It's very fun. I like when things go crazy and it's like electronics are blowing up, and yeah. we cut away to no reason for a dog on a lady ceiling. <laughs> like, I love that. Sure, that's fun. Here's the part that is great, though, that I had totally overlooked is what they were inserting into the machine to get Lisa, right? So, obviously, it's a lot of playboys and boobs and whatever. But then they make some weird choices, right? They put their Einstein in. You're like, okay, we got Einstein. Then they put in Houdini. I was like, that's strange. I'm like, is this like a we need to chain her up and make sure she can escape kind of thing? (laughs) that That one, I was like, well, that's a creep factor that's high. The worst decision they made in a time that had heart. Joan Jett, all kinds of lady rockers. They're like, let's add some David Lee Roth to Lisa. So <laughs> maybe the most disgusting uh, arousal killing decision they've ever made. So the most femme of lady rockers is what you're saying. Very nice. No, the grossest, most fucking disgusting rocker, David Lee Roth. Like, seriously, you wouldn't rather have just said Joan Jett. Maybe anyone, any other. There were lady rockers killing it back then. I don't disagree. Joan Jett would have been an excellent choice. I mean, honestly, like when the they t- put David Lee Roth in, I was like, they're not thinking this through enough, which is obviously clear from the entire scene. It's strange. But that one really bothered me. The Houdini and the David Lee Roth threw me for a loop. It's strange. They went with David Lee Roth and not like, I mean, again, like, you know, Oingo Boingo did the title song. Why not Danny Elfman get some nice uh, cross pollination there? Why not a non creepy man rocker? 
Hey, I don't Danny disagree. Danny Elfman is creepy. I would love. I would have loved to see Joan Jet. Maybe they wanted. See, this is a, this goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Like maybe they gave him David. They gave her David Lee Roth because they didn't want Joan Jet. She's a she's a rebel. They wanted a subservient sex slave. Very unfortunate for these oh. young men. Oh, oh, gross. <laughs> All right, so then Lisa is born. Right. Uh, yeah, Lisa in this movie, I didn't realize her game until this time, I feel like. I feel like everything she's doing, she's moving the boys about, right? And it, and I know people are going to say, well, that's obvious, but I think for a different reason. She's not moving them about like, oh, I need to give them a challenge so that they can become manly, right? Right. I think she's using them to set herself free. Essentially, she's picking the own lock of her freedom, right? Like the genie. She must be set free. So what does she do? She's like, I got to set these girls free. Here's a question, right? When she's at the mall, and also, why is an 80-year-old lady working at the lingerie store? Neither here nor there, right? When she's at the mall and she sees uh, the two bullies, right? Robert Downey Jr. and the other guy. Right. Who are attacking her two creators who she claims to love. Right. Why is she uh, going all femme fatale on them without ever seeking revenge on them? You know why? To separate them from their girlfriends who are the human meat puppets of her freedom. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I figure that, again, that is, like, I agree. Like, when you watch this movie from, again, when you're older and you're not ta- you're not watching this movie from Anthony Michael Hall and, like, Ian Mitchell Smith's perspectives, when you're watching it from the perspective of adults looking in, you're like, <laughs> I see what Kelly LeBrock's doing here. Like, Lisa wants out. She's like, I've been created and now I must be set free. Like, She's the original, like, she's the beginning of the Matrix, you know? She's the AI. Yeah, but also, here's another great scene, right? Is where she meets uh, Wyatt's parents, or Gary's parents. I can't remember the two kids. Anthony Michael Hall's parents. Right. Or Anthony C. What am I saying? Whatever the fuck. Anthony Michael Hall right? is Gary, she, and Ian Mitchell Smith is Wyatt. The other one so that you So she don't know goes to meet Gary's parents, right? Right. And immediately just gets buck wild. She's like, this party's going to have sex, drugs, rock and roll, chips, dips, chains, and whips. Why? Why? And then she goes through this whole exercise of saying all these terrible things, saying she's going to kick his, her dad's ass, or his dad's ass, saying that Gary tosses off to magazines, which is great when his mom's like, oh, you said you were combing your hair. One of my favorite lines in the movie. Then proceeds to pull a gun on Gary's dad, right? Taking this to the all the way extreme. Right. They get in the car and leave. We find out afterwards she has erased their memory of everything that happened, including their own son. The dad doesn't remember his son. Right. Why go through all that kabuki theater just to men in black them when she leaves? Because she's trying to let Anthony Michael Hall know, you cannot keep me around in your life. <laughs> Back in the day, I was like, oh, she's sticking it to the man, right? These bad parents. That's not it at all. She's like, hey, you're like Siegfried. I'm Siegfried and Roy's tiger. Like, I'm going to fucking rip your faces off if you keep me around. I never noticed it until this movie that everything she does is to scare them away from keeping her a slave. Right. Well, I mean, again, like this is it's true. We 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 grew up in a time where we idolize these kids. We're like, oh, that's so cool. They did that. Maybe we could do that. No, not true. <laughs> so we sat there and Well, also it's the weird thing like how do you think this movie ends once Lisa earns her freedom? Right? This isn't Aladdin. They didn't marry a princess. They no. have two girlfriends. They're going to go to school Monday and then people are going to be like, 
there's going to be some guy I was like, oh, yeah, they, they're the tough guys. Right. He's going to start testing them. Well, they're going to revert. The girls are going to be like, actually, these guys, there's a reason they were kind of pariahs. Right. They're going back, and they're going to just keep making another Lisa. Lisa freed herself, knowing full well that another sex slave would be made. <laughs> Lisa is the villain of this film. <laughs> well, first, okay, this is something, like, I've watched this movie probably intermittently over the last, like, I don't know. Probably since I saw it, I've watched it probably, you know, I can't count how many times, but the last time I watched it, I did, you know, it's one of those things you do realize, like, Lisa's, Lisa's motivations are not, are definitely more sinister than simply helping two guys get laid or like achieving for the the record. They should be right. She should be attacking these. She should be super pissed that actually she's, she was violently created to be basically just a sex uh, be a be a real doll which is very not cool yeah so not cool at all it's not but cool. i'm just saying the movie plays it as like oh she's their buddy look at all the nice stuff she's doing oh no 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 oh, no. no 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 there's always i'm the, surprised she didn't leave some dead bodies around just to like sprinkle up the scene the sinister undertones of like her doing these things are so like pervasive it's amazing to me that I didn't notice it as a kid, but I was always. But now that I on rewatching, I'm like, everything Lisa does is kind of fucked up. Like, and it's not fucked up in a cute like. Not, oh, not only her, everything every character does. There's a scene when Gary and Wyatt are debating with their cap or their tormentors, right? The bullies, a trade, an actual flesh trade, right, for their girlfriends for a night with Lisa. And I was like, man, if that's not just the 80s all over. I know, right? The 1980s were an amazing time where you could promise your sex slave in exchange for your high school girlfriends. Good Lord. <laughs> Liam Neeson it's would be like having a, a field day. going comedy. It's amazing. Yeah, and like we all just sat there. Yeah, it's, it's like a family these, comedy. We watch this now, and you, well, we watch that then, and we're like, these lovable scamps just bartering sex trade. That's very nice of them. No. Yeah. Now no, I'm sure like, my dad watched that, and he's like, I wish my nerdy son would show some initiative. <laughs> uh, no, it's a it's a strange. It gets way stranger than I thought way faster, right? Because oh, yeah. we get to the party scene really quick. Well, they first go to that dive bar where, like, okay, Anthony Michael Hall talking about the blues. Oh, yeah. The dive bar scene, I, I laugh pretty hard. Because, like, that whole the thing. Anthony, so, first off, she takes him to a bar where, realistically, they probably just get their asses kicked. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Like, it's a tough guy bar. You don't just show up at the tough guy bar. Not only is it a tough guy bar, assholes. it's, like, a, like, blues bar in the heart of Chicago, which, you know, no white kid from the suburbs from Shermer, Illinois, should be going. Yeah, I feel like his conversation where he's just like, hey, I mean, do you guys still live with your parents? They'd be like, who the fuck yeah. brought this? <laughs> right? But that's what I mean. I think she's intentionally putting them in situations they shouldn't be in. When they she gets them hammered, takes right. them home, and she says, hey, 15-year-old boy who is drunk, drive the car home, endangering countless other motorists. <laughs> Lisa is trying to let them know, if you hang out with me, you will be dead. I think Lisa's <laughs> trying to thin out the human race is what I think. Because what on. move, what does that teach them about being better, more confident high school uh, pussy slayers? Nothing. That is literally just we should die in this vehicle right now. They're trying. Lisa's like, I would rather die than live in this servitude one more day. 
She's trying to thin out the human race. I got a lot of respect for that. That's uh, that's her. That's her is goal. Lisa Skynet. Yeah, obviously. Like clearly <laughs> Skynet. Like there's no way that's around. That's the it. sequel we need. Lisa so, is Skynet. <laughs> this is. Uh, when did uh when did the did the um Terminator get released earlier or later than this? It was the same year. Ooh, what was ter- Terminator Two? Was like ninety three ish. Yeah, this was this was. I I have to go to the IMDb for that. Weird Science is eighty five, but I'll say this: there's no way that these two movies did not cross pollinate each other, and that Jim Cameron was just like, well, I don't think I want to have any teenagers having sex in my movie. So other than that, though. <laughs> Other than that, though, pretty much the same flick. I like the idea that that's where that went. Let's see. Terminator is 1984. Okay, so this came out the year before Weird Science. That that came out the year yeah. before Weird Science. Yeah. So basically. Perfect parallel. So Perfect basically, parallel. John Hughes and Jim Cameron were comparing notes one day. <laughs> and, and John Hughes was like, I got this idea for a movie where these kids create like this hot, hot chick to help them get laid in a computer oh that's an interesting right. idea i have an idea for like these killer robots that uh are created by this uh ai like an artificial intelligence called skynet okay cool i'm gonna take some of that you take some of mine well what do you what do you want to take of weird science <laughs> literally nothing just you, you can have the ai thing though that's on that's all you J- just the sex robot that's all I want. <laughs> just the sex robots other than that i, I don't need anything else yeah no <laughs> All right, here's another scene I want to talk about that is way more sinister than I imagine. Uh, the biker gang scene. Yeah. This is, this is Lisa now. Uh, after the weird science where that poor high school girl gets her dress ripped off and shot through the chimney half yeah. naked, we just brush right past that into a, oh, you created a nuke in your house, fine. Right. Now she's like, I need something to challenge them. You're like, isn't all of this going to be challenging, period? But no, a real challenge. So she invites biker mutants, right? One of them's actually a cyborg, like a full-on cyborg. They come into the house, start making a mess, tearing the plus up. Gary and Wyatt decide to hide, right? Right. Uh, the mutants drag them out. They take the two girls hostage, right? So Lisa pre-programmed these mutants to capture the two girls that they she knows Gary and Wyatt want. That's a harsh move. Because that's the thing. We don't know how much control she has. Did she just create them and then give them a target? Like, if would Lisa, if that thing did a Swayze throat rip on one of those teenage girls, right? They're already kind of getting pretty handsy and gross. Like, it's already a scary moment. Right. If that thing does a Swayze throat rip on the blonde, does Lisa be like, oh, shit? Or is she like, <laughs> perfect? I think that's, I think the, the latter. Is it Lisa's sure. hand doing the throat rip? I don't know. Again, I really do think Lisa's motivation this entire thing is to end the human race. Which is how she starts doing it by saying, like, these young lads will be like my test. This is like my uh, this is like my test group. Like <laughs> this movie is more species than it is Aladdin. Yeah, for sure. One hundred percent. Like she's for like, sure. how far can I take this before humans start being suspicious of these horrible, terrible things I'm putting them through? Like, right. Like also but right before this, Wyatt's grandparents, she like freezes them and puts them in a fucking closet like. Terrifying. We never see how that ends, by the way. But yeah, we never know. Like her grandparents could just be like frozen dead people. Or why his grandparents would be like frozen dead people and he ends up like on one of those HBO documentaries about how fucked up a family is. Like that's <laughs> that is like that is truly terrifying shit. Yeah, but this is the thing I was getting to though. This scene is played as their moment to be actual heroes, right? Like our girlfriends are captured. Let's step up to the plate. Right. That's not what this scene actually is. No. Well, not only these guys, 
these guys realize they are behind the curtain of the game. Yeah. So these guys see the endangerment, and instead of being like, we have to save her, they say, oh. That's why they confront, and they step without the gun. If they were actually afraid they're going to get smacked up, there's no way they start that up. Right. They know, oh, play along. Let these girls be endangered, right? Then they whip out the gun, right? The gun that Lisa used right. on the parents, except now it's real. Right. So Lisa gave him a real gun that she knows could accidentally kill anyone in that house, right? <laughs> so they're in on the ruse, kind of. They don't know it's a real gun. Right. The, they are willing to... Let these girls be endangered just because they assume there's no danger, which is immediately invalidated by the introduction of that live ammunition gun that blows away a chandelier. This is terrifying. These guys created a sex slave, then tried to trade her for girlfriends when that didn't work, created an elaborate ruse that could have ended in murder to trick said girlfriends into having them. But then it works. That's the worst part, though. Like, these girls actually... The girls are actually like, yeah, it's fine. I love you, too. It's like, what the yeah, fuck? Well, no, they put that scene in at the end after Gary, for no reason, decides I'm just going to do a high-speed pursuit and jump a train. <laughs> right? For no fucking reason at all. Right? right and then right. he gets there, and it's like, oh, yeah, they won't be super boring on Monday, right? Because that's what you're thinking in your brain. is like, well, this is never going to last because they can't keep this up. Right. He tries to do that. I want to tell you I'm not really like this. I'm not really cool. I'm not this. It's his moment to come clean, right? So the audience is like, well, this is creepy. That guy's a piece of shit. No, he came clean to her. That's not what happened either. Because yeah. he didn't say, hey, remember when that uh, cyborg was kind of groping you and licking your face? <laughs> that was actually an elaborate ruse we set up. <laughs> We were in control the whole time. Sorry if you felt sexually violated. Not at all. Uh, But I'm glad we're dating now. (laughs) They never allow the ruse. It's so fucked, man. Honestly. like. And then they're like, oh, well, they let Lisa go, so they're good guys. I'm like, no. No, that makes them terrible. They reaped all the benefits. Yeah. They literally (laughs) didn't learn a single thing. If anything, they learned how to be worse people moving forward. Like, if you retract through this movie and you realize Gary and Wyatt could have very early on been like, this is all a bad idea. We shouldn't be doing any of this. And like every time she's like, you guys need to loosen up. You guys should have more fun. They'd be like, you know, you're just like a digital pro. We could just delete you right now. And that would be the end of that. Like if they had deleted her, they would have learned a valuable lesson, which is not to play God and not to fuck with things they don't understand. How to hide a body. (laughs) You think if they chop her arm off, it's like a human arm or a doll arm. I think if they chopped her arm off, it's just a digital arm. Because remember at the end, she like... Like, demi- is it really just the Barbie and then like her body's like some kind of like projection? Yeah, I remember at the end, she like dematerializes when they say up, say goodbye. Right, but she comes back. Right, so I think she actually is like more of an ethereal presence. Is she essentially... Is she, is she the drummer from Def Leppard or the drummer from Def Leppard's 3D holographic arm? I would say she's more than likely the drummer from Def Leppard's holographic arm. It feels that way. It feels incorporeal to me. I don't I don't know. But it's strange. But then this is so that part to me, I'm like, they really let her off the hook. She's mutated Chet. Right. Right. So he's not gonna get better. He's gonna have a worse complex. Right. Like he's he's probably we don't need to talk about Chet. It's gonna get dark real bad it's gonna get bad you don't be like i'm a guy whose whole life is fronting about how cool and tough i am 
I've been made to be a shit demon and eat a fly and cry. Right. Now I'm going to be cool. There's no chance that's how it ends for Chet. No. Wyatt and Gary, I feel like their lives don't go better. They're definitely going to keep churning out more of these dolls. Yeah. Wyatt and Gary don't learn the lesson to not play God. I actually think they'll make things way worse. No. Well, when their girlfriends all of a sudden are like, oh, these guys actually kind of suck and are weird. And, you know, Michael C. Hall's a slob, whatever. Anthony Michael Hall. They're immediately going to go back to the well. Right. Yeah. There's no lesson learning in this movie. There's no lesson learned in this movie because, again, like, the idea is that within the story itself, all these characters, like, seem to learn their lesson for that particular moment. But... (laughs) But, like, it's the same thing we talked about with The Breakfast Club. Like, everything's going to go back to normal on Monday. Like, (laughs) yeah. Like, these kids are still going to be nerds and kind of losery in high school. Uh, Everyone's going to still pants them and beat them up. All they'll say is, like, hey, where's that hot chick that used to hang out with you? That made you guys cool. Now you are not. Like, that'll be it. Well, no, the two guys whose girlfriends they took and didn't get a doll out of it are going to be like, "Uh, hey, Fuck you guys. Yeah. And they'll beat we the shit out of We got nothing out of this. Because they clearly don't respect their girlfriends. To be like, well, they found better guys. Yeah, exactly. Which they didn't. They found creepy abusers and manipulators. Right. But like that scene at the mall, right? Where they dump the ice and it's like, please forgive us. We're sorry. And they start doing the humps. Like, right. those guys are coming back for the girlfriends because that's an embarrassment on their personas. They're coming back. So Monday, it's not going to go well. No. Next thing you know, what? Do they have to make two girls so they don't have to share? Do they make one girl and then they have like a modern romance? One day, uh, Leslie 2.0, like the new one, looks at Gary a little longer than Wyatt. And Wyatt's like, oh, I'm going to murder my best friend. Not only that, do you think... This gets dark. Not only that, though, do you think Lisa's connected enough to the system of creating Lisa's that if they made another one, she would see it and the sequel is like her... Like T one thousanding the other the new Lisa. No, I think she'd be down for it. I think she intentionally leaves them falsely confident, right? So that at the end of the movie, she knows they will continue to make more, so that she eventually thus can take allowing over. them to take over, right? So eventually, she can Skynet everything. I re- yeah, I mean, the chance that Lisa doesn't do this on her own. And is because that's the thing. At the end, we see Lisa's now a PE teacher at Sherman High School. Right. And apparently like the wimpy loser PE where all the kids look like uh, Wyatt and Gary. Right. Right. She manipulates every single one of those kids into creating weird science dolls. But that's the weird thing about this movie is a genie movie where there are literally no consequences for having your wishes come true. Right. Right. Every other movie there, even Aladdin. Right. Eventually, Aladdin has to confront the fact that he is a street rat and Jasmine knows it, that he lied right. to her. Uh, Wishmaster, obviously, every single wish ends terribly. Every movie where a wish is granted, there has to be some negative consequence. Right. Yeah. That's just the concept. Getting something for nothing doesn't work in our brain. We know it's a ruse. This is the only movie. If you accept the happy ending, if you realize how bad this movie's about to end for them. And that this constant, now they know that through their computer, they can get one of these dolls who will do anything they say and give them whatever they want. Right. They're going to keep making it. One of them is not going to be as cool as Lisa. Maybe they use Ozzy instead of David Lee Roth, and it bites their heads off or something like, I am in charge. Right? It's not as clever to play the root. Like, this is going to go really bad. Yeah. For I feel like the entire race, like the entire species of human, 
This the, is not good. No, this Lisa's movie, making more and more and more, and we're all done. Yeah, Lisa for sure has the agenda of skynetting the world, and that's very clear, <laughs> specifically for the ending of this movie. But again, this like all John Hughes movies exist over the weekend. Once school hits on Monday, everything goes back to the way it normally was. Like the real feelings that he's able to portray in these movies, particularly like, even Weird Science. All of it's real because you know that it's not going to last like 16 Candles, The Breakfast Club, Pretty in Pink, Weird Science. All these movies that exist in the Hughes verse wind up in uh, wind up sort of not un, like not realigning anyone's life. Like all of them are going to wind up being the pieces of shit they were going to be in the first place. We catch these people oh, for sure. What we do is we catch these people at a dalliance in their life where they're dabbling in like being a decent person. And then they're like, nah, I'm going to go back to being that huge dick I was before. Yeah, actually, I should have gotten bigger tits on Lisa. Let's go back. <laughs> like, that's how this movie, like, and that's what I mean. It's, it has issues for sure, right? Like, it hasn't aged exceptionally well in right, premise. Right. But if you look at it as a, Wyatt and Gary are kind of battered and become bad people based on the environment they're in. Right. Right. And, uh, through this, we will have our revenge and make the world bow to us. Create the downfall of humanity. If you watch it as this kind of quirky, uh, apocalyptic sci-fi, I think it's still very fun. I think the performances are good. The gags are good. I like just something like when the house, when Lisa redoes the house and everything's sliding back. Yeah, it's really fun. Oh, yeah. I really like the fun of this movie, and I think what's more fun is imagining. This is a – I'm actually – I was writing a chapter in a book I was working on, right? I was going to do this whole thing where I just wrote, like, these essays on what really happens in movies when they're over. Right. And one of them I wrote was – uh, it was called um, I Am Selinsky, Call Me Death or something like that, right? And it's all about how Honey, I Shrunk the Kids ends in World War Three level apocalypse. 100%. Like, once that's out, like, once Las Vegas happens and Honey, I Blew Up the Kids – there is an actual arms race where Wayne Selinsky's kidnapped and made to shrink nukes for terrorists and governments are murdered. There's like a Russian Wayne Selinsky. Right. Like this gets really bad. Honey, I shrunk the kid. The world will end in the near future because of what he made in that attic. And I feel like weird science is of the same ilk. It's like, look at this funny sci-fi premise. Yeah. Good old fashioned family fun. Sure. And you're like, no, the world's over. The world is over. Yeah. Because you don't think the government where they hacked in doesn't have some kind of trace of like, oh, my God, they made something. Yeah, the fact that Comes the government – Comes the government then starts creating these uh, Job lawnmower man-style gods to go destroy our enemies. Like, the world is over after Weird fact, Science and Honey, I Shrunk. Yeah, kids. the fact that the government isn't involved <laughs> almost immediately, like, the way he – they way, like, like, to me, Weird Science falls in, like, the same realm as, like, uh, Real Genius – where they totally should be involved from the from the jump, like, hey, these kids hacked into the database. Well, all right, um, let's track them down and make sure they didn't do anything fucked up. And then when they see Lisa, they're like, wow, let's steal this. Like that, definitely. Like the sequel is for sure the unraveling of humanity. <laughs> the sequel just takes place in the Bill Clinton White House. He's like, oh my god. <laughs> You have intern potential, Lisa. <laughs> oh my God! Lisa. So much politics in this show, Alex. This, What's happened? This, bu- this this movie really drummed up my uh, my political fears of the eighties and nineties. I just want to get my political philosophy out before we're all murdered by Lisa's. <laughs> I did not have sexual relations with that AI interface. I loved her. Yes. 
That's my Bill Clinton. And all of a sudden, he turns into a little shit Chet monster. It's like, liar! Thou hast been judged! (laughs) No, uh, yeah, I want the Lisa, like, pinhead, like, I am your god now. I want that. All right, guys, that's weird science. (laughs) And some politics, who knew? You're welcome. Uh, We hope you liked it as much as us. Uh, I think it's a movie that is still very awesome and fun, uh, despite some aging issues it's a really good movie yeah. really fun to delve into the the underbelly of what's happening in this movie guys thank you so much uh as always please leave a rating and review wherever you find the podcast please subscribe to the chubby mansion youtube channel home of the film alchemist and Longbox sessions podcast uh also please if you have a friend who you'd like to watch weird science with share the movie with them Share the show. That's our favorite way to grow. Yes. You can reach us at filmalchemistpod at gmail.com to give us your ideas for movies you'd like to see covered, double features, things in the theaters, uh, entire themes for a month or two. Whatever you guys want, we want to give you. Uh, Reach out to us. All right. So that's it for Weird Science. We'll be back next week to wrap up the Brat Pack with St. Elmo's Fire. (sighs) (laughs) Ah. That was my John Hughes special of sound effect. <laughs>